the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And we were bound to the city light Flashlights were falling to that night Focused on what you feel Just when you were calling And I like that I, 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 I. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com Now, back to Rob Black and your money On AM 1220 KDOW I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Joining me now, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. Man, I've had a relationship with for probably about 18, 19 years, even though he doesn't realize it. I've been following Briefing for 18 to 19 years. How are you, sir? Hey, Rob. I'm doing well, thanks. After 19 years. So, and thanks for being You've with been, us all that time. <laughs> You've been with Briefing the whole time, haven't you? Uh, uh, I have. Uh, well, Briefing actually, we started uh, as a company in uh, 93. I came aboard in 97. But uh, So, yeah, I've been here 19 years uh, this week, yeah. as a matter of fact. So that makes me correct in my, my memories, which is good. I'm not senile yet. Um, January and February, I would like to forget. Is that a fair statement? <laughs> well, those who forget history tend to repeat it, right? Or So, the, uh, you know, I, I, I guess... Um, you know, as an investor, you, you want to try and put that out of your mind and, and hope for better things uh, in the road ahead. Um, and, you know, just have to see what happens. I know uh, that you're, you're aware, based on the interviews we've had, uh, certainly more recently, I'm not feeling all that uh, terrific about the market outlook in 2016, uh, based primarily on the fact that, uh, and I would say the underreported fact, that uh, corporate earnings continue to look really poor. Um, you know, you're not getting any earnings growth these days, and uh, and I'd add that uh, projections for the you know the first quarter and the second quarter are are negative, uh, and yet we've got a market that you know is rallying right now um, from I guess from an oversold condition, but seems to be respecting some of these technical bounds it's been uh, moving in uh, for many months now. And. When you take a look at those kind of numbers, it sounds pretty desolate. And then you see numbers like home sales or home prices and auto sales, they look pretty good. But is that also a negative because record auto sales eventually leads to not record auto sales, which equals negative thoughts? Yeah. Am I thinking the right, am I thinking the right way of finding bad news and the good news? Well, I, I suppose. I mean, the market is, is a forward-looking entity, right? And I think there is some concern, certainly as it relates to auto sales, which have been so strong uh, for for quite some time now that they're nearing, you know, uh, that they're peaking. You know, uh, that doesn't mean necessarily that they have to, you know, collapse. It just means that you're not going to see, you know, the same rate of growth that you've been seeing in in, um, in recent years, and and that's seems to have been reflected in the in the auto stocks really you know which just haven't responded as enthusiastically as you might think to some you know really good auto sales data um, home sales you know they're they're trending higher I think in a in a more uh, 
deliberate fashion, you know, which does suggest you could see, sort, you know, some continued gains there. Uh, helped in part, obviously, by you know low financing rates, uh, mortgage rates near at historic lows, frankly, and and that will be an underpinning factor, as will. Uh, any type of income growth that we can see, uh, you know, in coming months, uh, that should help things along there. We just need more inventory, really, and I think uh, that's been one of the main uh, elements holding back uh, stronger growth in the housing market is there just haven't been enough supply out there uh, to meet some of that pent-up demand. What are your thoughts on Super Tuesday and how it plays out, not necessarily politically, but tied towards the stock market? Well, you know, the markets, you know, they don't like uncertainty. And, and what press reports are suggesting is that you should get at least uh, some degree of certainty coming out of Super Tuesday in terms of knowing who the most likely uh, nominees are going to be on the Republican and the Democratic side of things, and that being Donald Trump and, and Hillary Clinton. Um, so the market, I think, as it looks at Super Tuesday, is at least um, has a measure of relief that uh, – that some of that certainty will avail itself here. Um, I can't say that the market necessarily is wildly optimistic about any of these candidates, um, you know, anyway. So, but it does remove an, a layer of uncertainty here if Super Tuesday does produce some pretty clear front runners on either side of those, um, um, you know, political philosophies. With other thoughts out there, um, what are you what are you looking at as far as importance goes? Well, like I know China's know, in the news. China oil, the kind of the old standbys are still all there, right? They are, you know, and and you know I'm a fundamental analyst, and so I continue to uh, sometimes you know um, beat a drum here that nobody hears it from time to time as this market trades, you know, opportunistically. Um, you know, I, I'm emphasizing the fact that, you know, global economic growth, you know, just isn't great, you know. Um, and you can see that uh, certainly in the export data, uh, not only out of the U.S., uh, which has been held back, obviously, by the stronger dollar, but in other more strongly export-oriented economies like uh, South Korea and Japan and, and uh, Germany, which which have had the benefit of weaker currencies but really haven't seen any uh, strong export growth. So it's not just a, a U.S. strong dollar issue. Uh, we're seeing export declines around the globe because there's a, a global demand issue that just isn't there. Um, and then on top of that, you know, I continue to, as I said at the top of the interview, continue to look at what's going on with corporate earnings. Uh, and there's um, uh, nothing at this moment, certainly, that looks all that optimistic in terms of earnings um you know, returning to a, a, you know, a growth component here. We're still stuck in a period where you're likely to see earnings decline. Now, I do think if oil prices can continue to hold up here and perhaps move, you know, incrementally higher, you start to see some of the uh, lowered earnings estimate for the energy sector perhaps tick up a notch, and that could kind of help things along here. Um, but overall, still, the earnings picture isn't looking too stellar. And I, I continue to be caught up in this, uh, in, in where market rates are going. I mean, when you look at a German boon yield that's approaching 0.1%, and you have Japan issuing 10-year debt uh, today at negative rates, you know, those at those levels, it certainly doesn't scream optimism about the economic outlook, you know, and uh, and that's 
you know, disconcerting on a number of levels here. And so there just isn't a lot of confidence right now, I think, in that economic outlook. And so uh, so you still have some of that flight to safety because there's still demand for debt at such low levels. Uh, but that's likely also to keep pressure here on the, the long end of our Treasury curve as those interest rate differentials uh, prove somewhat attractive to foreign buyers who really can't get any yield at home. What's interesting to note is you sound relatively negative or you sound like, there's, there's not a lot of positives. There's, mm-hmm. and yet, I, I don't sense, Mr. O'Hare, that you're you're calling for a negative, panic reaction, a move out of stocks. Um, what's your action from some of the data that you're presenting? Right. Well, it's a fair characterization. I am, you know, somewhat negative just based on the, the fundamental picture I see in front of me. Um, and so, really, what you know we had suggested, you know, coming into the year is essentially is that you, uh, you know, trim some of the equity exposure here, uh, certainly in in a lot of those you know high flying names, and that that has proven to be a good recommendation. Um, those stocks that led the way last year uh, have not done so hot this year. Uh, we've started to point out how um, you know high quality dividend growth companies, uh, specifically, you know, these dividend aristocrats, which have a long-standing history of raising their dividend in, in all sorts of economic environments, are, you know, perhaps a safer way to play it from an income side of things right now. And uh, and so we're just, we're, we are pretty much expressing, you know, a note of caution here uh, because we think that this market can sometimes get too carried away with the policy stimulus trade and really just ignores uh, you know, fundamental factors. And, and in the end, at some point, fundamentals always matter. And so you have a market that is trading at a fairly full valuation with declining earnings estimates and decelerating economic growth around the, around the world. Uh, it's not the greatest recipe here, we think, for um, being overly aggressive with one's equity exposure if your time horizon doesn't stretch beyond a year. Right. So if you have a longer term and time horizon, you know, we again have said that you can be opportunistic with some of these sell-offs here to start scaling into some of those beaten down areas like energy and transportation and retail, which we've identified uh, for your listeners in, in, in recent interviews as well, uh, and start scaling into those positions for some, for some long-term holdings. But uh, it's just not the right environment, we think, to get overly aggressive at this point in time if you have a very near-term uh, outlook. We've got about a minute and a half. Any thoughts that you want to throw out there that we should be paying attention to, anything that you're working on that, that might give us some insights? Sure. Well, uh, you know, certainly the, the thing to pay attention to, uh, you know, comes at the end of the week here. That's the February employment situation report. Um, probably going to produce, you know, more of the same, uh, which is to say, you know, you're getting, you know, generally, you know, reasonably good data on the employment side of things here. Uh, and then the hourly earnings component is going to be the real focal point there. Um, we started to see some, some you know, increases there, which have um, been a welcome sight. Uh, economically speaking, uh, may not be so great for a market that really isn't pricing in any type of rate hike here anytime soon, but if we continue to see average hourly earnings tick up on a year-over-year basis, it does go toward the Fed's view that uh, inflation should start moving toward its longer-term you know, target and achieving that longer-term target of 2%, and that might leave the Fed inclined to go ahead and raise rates, uh, perhaps not in March, but maybe in April, June time period, which the market is not 
basically prepared for at this point in time based on what we're seeing in the Fed Funds futures market. Thanks very much. That's Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst with Briefing.com. I've been following his work for a long time. It's consistent as ever. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. You can find Patrick and Briefing.com online at, get this, Briefing.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.